So then Freddie Smith is not a resolution man. You just like to continue to practice it throughout. Well, I, I feel like the resolution is too much of a hefty goal as uh-huh. well. I feel like we shouldn't do a New Year's resolution as much because don't, don't you always think it's an end goal? Absolutely. People say, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to make 100,000. I'm going to, you know, fill in the blank. But I, I feel the reason people give up on it is because we think of the entire year's work mm-hmm. as, as the goal rather than the New Year's resolution should just kind of be what's my new daily habit. Yeah. Because that is what it's going to take. If you want to lose 50 pounds, that could take you all year. If you want to make 100,000 or a million or whatever your financial goal is, that, that's going to take you all year. Right. So you're already going to feel defeated on January 20th because your goal is so big. But I think the New Year's resolution should focus on a daily habit. I love that. And just do that. Don't have the end result in your head. Just go, what's my New Year's resolution? What is my one thing that I can do every day that I can accomplish and will accomplish? Mm-hmm. And you'll go to bed feeling good. I will say, too, when it comes, because don't get it twisted. With the new year, even for myself, I think it's really important to sit and think about goals that I would like to happen, of course, for the entire year. But I like to specifically look at three months ahead. That's like what I will focus on. Yes, you have this big goal, but I want to make sure in the meantime, what can I do in the next 90 days? Then you reevaluate that when those 90 days come, and then you go into the next three months. And you continue to do that because it can get really overwhelming if you have these big goals and you're like, okay, how do I get there in a year? But you got to break it down. You got to look at the micro to get the macro. So for me too, I mean, I love, love, love manifestation. I think it's a really powerful tool. And I feel a lot of times it gets um, kind of not a bad rep because a lot of people understand its energy. You are what you attract. But I think a lot of times people think they can just manifest and have these thoughts, but then they don't meet it with action. And that's the problem. So even, you know, you look, remember when Jim Carrey wrote that check to himself? I think it was in 85 and he wrote a check to Jim Carrey for his acting services and it was $10 million and he, he dated it for 10 years later. He knew it wasn't like, this is going to happen in six months. It was for 10 years later. He kept it in his wallet. He walked around with it. And in 95, he booked Dumb and Dumber. And what do you know? He got paid $10 million. So it's a long-term thing. Manifestation is getting your thoughts positive, really believing, tasting, seeing, feeling everything you want to happen, and then aligning it with your actions and working really hard for it. Yeah. Like, are you a manifestation guy or what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think this boils down to just what we were talking about. Even with Jim Carrey putting a 10-year plan together, a 90-day plan, we get caught up. And I've learned this as I've gotten older. You get caught up because you can't control what's going to happen in 90 days. All you can control is what happens in the day, hour per hour. Yep. And I think the manifestation comes from knowing that in 90 days, I want to try and reach this goal. But what do I need to do each and every day? Because you're going to feel extremely far away from your goal, especially when you put in 70 days and you're nowhere near it. But that number day 71, that same activity might spark something that does get you there. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just re, re, you know reframing the, the mindset a little bit of focusing on the day. And that's what I've learned when I got older. Because if you look at our year, like even 2021, I had no idea that we'd be here. 
right? I had ideas of what I wanted for 2021 and they went in completely different directions, but it was forward because we never quit. Every day we did something. Mm -hmm. So we got smarter, we moved closer to our goal, but I never would have predicted. If, if you would have said on, Dece on 2020, on our wedding, you know what, I'm gonna get into real estate, I'm gonna sign with the Lure Realty, we're gonna do X, we're gonna do Y. We didn't know that. Yeah. But because we were focused on the daily, because we were doing our podcast, because we were we were putting out content, because we were looking for opportunity, mm -hmm. that was the big year of let's move in the right direction, let's be positive, let's look for opportunity, and then we kind of picked what was important to focus on. Yep. But we had no idea. So I just think yet again, to harp on this, it's the daily. That's yep. the biggest thing that I've learned in my life that all we can control is what we can do throughout the day. So with Jim Carrey saying $10 million, yeah, you can't just write the check, manifest it, think about it without putting in the action. Yeah, I, I, just, I just think, yeah, you just gotta get after it. Make this the year of, of, a, of a daily discipline that's gonna get you close to your goal and just get after it. Yep. There, there's, there's nothing else, that's the simplest thing. Yep. And that, that's all you can do. And you just got to get your mindset right too, whether you're trying to lose weight or you're starting a new business, whatever it is, you have to really make sure that this is the strongest thing possible. Yeah. Because when that first, you know, situation arises and you go, oh man, it'd be so easy to quit. You got to make sure your mindset's strong. So for me, when it comes to, you know, manifesting affirmations, all of that, I love to do it in present tense. And you can speak it out loud. You can write everything down. I saw on TikTok, there's this really popular method. It's the 369 method where you write it down three times in the morning, six times in the afternoon, and then nine times at night. And you do that for 30 days. And you're training your brain to believe these things that you want. And also, you're sharing with the universe, this is what I want to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's just a really powerful thing to do that. And I know for me, the more I speak things and I have my actions aligned, I see it happen. And sometimes you go, holy cow, like, this is legit, you know? I know Oprah's huge on it. I saw a clip the other day of, you know, Tom Holland, the Spider-Man actor? Yes. Well, it basically showed him in these interviews. Someone pulled these clips. And the first one, he goes... They're like, who's your celebrity crush? And he's like, Zendaya. And then it cuts to him and her like paparazzi caught them kissing because they're dating. Then another one was, oh, yeah, you know, what's your dream role? And he goes, yeah, maybe in 10 years I'll be Spider-Man. Cuts to him being Spider-Man. And the last one was, oh, what's your favorite video game? And cut to him going, oh, yeah, Uncharted, which is that huge movie yeah. with, is it Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, I think it's coming out in January or this month. Yeah. So I just love seeing he knew what he wanted, but he really worked on himself, what he was doing to make all of that happen. The Paul brothers are very big in affirmations. Are they? Yep. Very, very big. Talking in the mirror, seeing it, meditating, visualizing it. Yep. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's it's just it's a it's part of it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I feel like for me, I know that you do a lot more of the writing it down and I know there's methods and I think maybe that helps people get started or sure. if that's just kind of how you, how you, how your mind works. For me, it mine's always cranking. Right. Like I'm kind of always living in two places, which I don't know if it's healthy or not, but I'm very <laughs> present with what I'm doing, but I'm always visualizing where I'm going. So sometimes I actually have... A tough time staying in the present because I'm always thinking of the future and I see my life and I've always had that always so then give me an example like you'll be 
maybe running or something. Yes. When I'm running. That's when I see stuff. I'm, I'm not even, like, I don't, I don't even remember the route that I ran because I'm so, you know, when you drive somewhere and you you were like, I didn't even pay attention when I got there. You just yeah. kind of got home. It's don't that try subconscious. That kids. <laughs> and that's what I end up doing when I'm running, when I'm doing a lot of different things. My, you know, second nature is kind of taking over making me run, paying attention to street crossings and all of that. Right. Or no matter what I'm doing in my life, there's a lot of times that I'm having a conversation with somebody or I'm doing something else, but my brain is thinking of an idea, problem solving it, thinking about how to get there, and I'm seeing myself. So I've just naturally... So do you naturally, see a scene of where very you... Very vividly. Okay, But, I I, but I'm not putting it together artificially. Right. It's almost like a premonition to me more than it is like a daydream or dream board. Like I'm not like, it'd be so cool if I was in like a big house or if I had, you know, I'm not putting it together hopeful. It's right. almost as if I'm like, this is already going to happen. I just see it. So I've never written anything down because it's already going on in my head and has been ever since I was a kid. Yeah. You will sometimes say it out loud with me when I say, oh, let's do affirmations. It feels very goofy. It does, but it makes you laugh. And by the end of it, you're smiling and having so much fun. And to be honest, one of my favorite places to do affirmations is in the car because no one can hear me and I can go as loud as I want. And sometimes when I'm doing them, because I like to get vocal, I like to be loud. I just am all about vibrations, good energy, good vibes. And Sometimes when I'm really loud, like I'll look at the cars next to me and just see them. <laughs> or sometimes I'll look at my phone and make sure it's not like recording me accidentally on Instagram from down here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bad angle and putting time. it out. <laughs> I, think it, I think it's good to say it out loud to break a, a negative thought pattern. Mm. I found that that helps if I'm in like a mood or I'm, you know, slightly depressed or I have a negative loop going. Yeah where I'm starting to pick apart my past or then you kind of have to make the conscious effort to go stop that, focus on the positive, go back to being grateful. Right. And that's where the work has to be. So I think if you're caught in a negative loop, saying it out loud, writing it down really helps. Um, but I think for me, most of the time, I'm just in a, a pretty good place and I'm just thinking about what needs to happen. Uh, and then I just focus on what can I do today about it but for you i know you've been incredibly busy in real estate mm -hmm. what has your past couple weeks been what are some of the biggest lessons you're learning because now that you've approached um you know almost a year in real estate not really not almost really, a year but you're on your way <laughs> on um, my way in may baby what is your what are some of the biggest lessons you're learning what are some of the biggest surprises or challenges yeah. like what's been your experience let's start with the last two weeks What's been going on and what, what have you been learning? It's been a wild ride and I'm just so excited for what's happening this new year. Yeah. There's just a lot of, of just new clients I'm working with and every single client I learn something different through them, something, a new part of the deal, maybe some or a new experience that all the previous deals I had never done before. You know, maybe it's flood insurance I'm learning about, or maybe it's a new build or whatever it is. And that just pushes and drives home the fact of you got to get in there and get your hands dirty and do it because that's how you learn. It's that it's, whole thing yeah. with baseball. You can read about baseball all you want, but until you're out there, exactly. how are you going to learn? Well, you can't, you know, because I, I feel like there's always something you come and tell me of just like, yeah, this is like something new that I'm learning or I'm going to ask my coach and I got to figure this out. 
And even though you've taken the test and you passed the test and you learned all this, each and every deal and each and every client, I feel like you always come out and you're just like, I just learned something yeah. new or I had to call this or I didn't know this. And, and you're learning by doing it. And that's pretty interesting. Do you feel that there's two separate businesses? Do you feel that acquiring a client is a different skill set than once you have a client? Or does that kind of blend together? What, what is that like? 100%. And this is what's crazy. In this day and age, 21st century, it is all about social media. That is your new calling card, your new business card, what have you. And even the other day, I got a DM from an old nurse of mine. So in 2014, when I was going through that recovery and I was in a hospital in Ohio, you know, of all places. And there was this nurse that had just taken the most incredible care of me, so much so that we became Facebook friends. She became friendly with my sister. They went to lunch. And so, you know, over the years, we would keep in touch as you do on social media. Well, she reached out to me the other day and she was like, oh my goodness, I'm thinking of getting an investment property down in Florida and Orlando. And I go, this is an exact example of how this business works. You just never know who's going to need something at a certain time or who's going to come back around. And I think what's unique for us is that we live in a pretty hot, desirable market. You know, everyone's yeah. coming to Florida and we also live in a really great place for that investment property income, you know, a lot. Or second home and all. Yes. Yeah. If you, I feel like if you're in Iowa, Missouri, maybe things like, maybe places like Utah, Colorado, Idaho, I feel are pretty popular. Right. Arizona, Texas, Tennessee. But yeah, I would say Florida seems to be the one of the 10 most popular, if not top five for vacations, Airbnbs, second homes. Yep. So it just adds to the pool of potential buyers yeah. than if you were just in like a random state that no one vacationed in. And so my whole point on that too is imagine if there was no social media, how would I ever have stayed in touch with her or any other individual? Like I would say 80%, if not 90 of my clients come through social media. Some I know. Some I don't. Some are acquaintances. Some then like ten percent are referrals. You know, word of mouth. Yeah. But which might and probably will become a larger percentage the longer you do it, mm-hmm. because the more clients you help, the more people that are going to come to them and say, "I want to buy a house." Oh, you have to go with my realtor, Alyssa. She was great. Yeah. So I feel like maybe the referrals will start becoming bigger once you're in the industry longer. Yep. But right now, I feel I feel like social media just allows people to get to know you. And that's what we didn't even realize. And yet again, this is why just do the activity and something you love. We didn't know starting the podcast four years ago that you would be meeting people, building relationships and people be getting to know you that after four years, now that they want a house, they're like, I've been watching you for four years. I know you're awesome. You're going to be fun to work with. I'd love to go with you. But yet again, planning that you never would have known. But it's like doing that right activity. Exactly. So yeah, I I kind of don't know what it was like to probably do real estate in the eighties. I mean, you'd have to door 90s, knock, early put together packages. Be, you'd have to door knock. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, that'd be and so then crazy. Go to places. Yeah. Networking. Yeah. Go to book clubs. Go to golfing places. Go to bowling Ugh. alleys, softball. <laughs> be social. Be social. I, I can be social on the internet. On social media. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, I had a friend reach out to me 
who's opening up her own um, like wellness and coaching practice. And she basically was kind of looking for a little bit of advice on how do you rip the Band-Aid off and how do you attract people through social media? Like, how do you even do social media? Because she's really quiet on there. And my biggest thing was just you have to, A, be super intentional about what you're doing. You have to make a schedule and you just kind of um, navigate through a couple different topics. So if it's wellness, maybe one day it is you giving advice about whatever it might be. Maybe one day it's recipes, one day it's exercises, whatever your subjects are going to be. And you just have to get used to being on a schedule and recycling through those topics so you can start creating content that an audience is going to want to come back and see. And I also shared that one of the biggest things on social that you can do to make people feel like they really know you is talk to camera. And I know it's weird. I know it's awkward. It takes a while. You're really big on that. You All your stories, you're always talking, sharing what's going on. But for anyone new who's doing it, you just got to look at camera and pretend it's like your best friend and you're just chatting with her. You don't have to get like the telephone voice. And Oh my God. No. Yeah, just be just real. Just be real. Be yourself. And honestly, social media, I mean, it's it's the way of the world. You want business? Social media. It's all yeah, it's, branding. And, and it's just showing lifestyle. You know, I think so many people get caught up. That's happening a lot even on TikTok. A lot of these brands are coming to TikTok and every video is about their product. Yeah. Like no one wants to be sold. Just have the product in it. Exactly. And talk about things going on. If you just watch Don't Look Up on Netflix, have somebody talking about that while you're drinking your wellness shake and don't mention the wellness shake. <laughs> Let the video potentially go viral about don't look up and you get 30,000 views. Maybe 600 of those people will click on your profile. Right. And now you have 600 new eyes going, what's this wellness company? Oh, that was the drink she had. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, and we've known this from back in the day. We learned very early. Thank God. Thank because who God. knew social media would become this mainstream? But that was always the biggest thing. As soon as someone gets into sales or owns a business, they just want to sell. Like you're not going to get someone to buy something by asking them in a video. No, you have to and just if you brand awareness, if you ever <clears throat> catch yourself in sales going, this water is the best water. I've never tasted anything like it. Trust me, this is the most delicious water you've ever had in your life. Like if you are talking about why it's so good, you're never going to sell. No, ever. You have to share it in an experience and let kind of like a show and tell type deal. You know, yeah. you can present it, but just you got to just be like really um, easy with it, if that makes sense. And just tell a story. Nike does it the best. Mm-hmm. And so does uh, Apple. Yeah, you, like Nike, Nike's the best. Nike has never told you in one commercial or one billboard. Like, I don't know what the, the heels are made of. I don't know how comfortable <laughs> they are. They don't talk about the product. They just have the product in something that makes you feel something and you go, Nike's cool. I want those. But they never tell you the laces never break. They're the strongest lace in 2022. The sole is going to be so good. Uh, Seven out of eight doctors recommend the Nike. We're over that phase. So if you're going to build a brand, it's the same thing with your real estate. Like you're just showing people. If you went on social media every day and did a story, go, hey, is anyone out there looking to buy or sell? I'm your girl. Here's why. I am so good with communication. I'm a great listener and I know the markets. If you need a home appraisal, I know how to hook you up and find someone great to do that. I've got a great lender. Everything you need. 
it's like no one is getting value out of that. Right. The only person is maybe one out of a million that is in that moment looking for something. It's better right. just to share your life of what you feel comfortable sharing. Yep. And let people get to know you because people want to work with who they like. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. I don't look anymore. Maybe sometimes Google or Yelp I will. But for the most part, I just look on social media. I want to see who they are. I'm going to go get my hair cut. I want to stalk them on Instagram and just be like, oh, this person's cool. Yeah. This will be a great. I love their work and they're cool. Every every service I've gotten in Orlando over the years that I've learned about has been through Instagram. I would look them up yeah. through hashtags and I'd stalk their stuff. And I go, okay, A, you have great work. B, you seem really cool. Even when we first were thinking of moving to Florida, um, I recall you and I were on YouTube looking stuff up. I think it was about Sarasota at that time. And there was this really great couple and they were realtors. And we were like, man, if we ever, you know, move there and we want to buy, I go, we're calling them. (laughs) Granted, this was before I was one. But we really liked what they were putting out there because they were just being themselves. Yeah. It wasn't fake. It wasn't weird. Do you remember the couple I'm... I think there was YouTube, though. It was YouTube. But YouTube's a little different. In what sense? Well, YouTube, you can be um, more direct on education or what you're giving because people are using it as a search engine. Hmm. People are typing in... Like, when, when we do those videos for you, when you're, like, living in Reunion... It's, you know, yeah, our subscribers on YouTube might think it's interesting. Go, let me look at Reunion. But it's mainly for when someone YouTubes Reunion Florida, things to do in Reunion Florida, that video pops up and they're looking for information. Hmm. In Instagram, you're following someone for what they're bringing. It's just a different platform. Sure. So YouTube, you can get away with a little more direct uh, on the head of what the video's about. And, uh, but yeah, Instagram's more of like where you build the depth with people. Yes. TikTok, YouTube is more the wide net. Hi everyone, I exist. Look mm-hmm. at me, look at me. And if you get them over to Instagram and then they follow you as a person is where you build depth and connection. So TikTok and YouTube goes, oh, this girl's a professional, I trust her. Then they follow you on Instagram. Then they fall in love with you as a person. Now yeah. they like you as a person and trust you. Yeah. So that trifecta is what is kind of the million-dollar plan. It's just interesting how every platform you can kind of share a different side of you. So when it yes. comes to LinkedIn, obviously I have it my whole profile done, but I'm not as active on that app. Yeah. I know a lot of people post, and I probably should, but I don't even think I've ever done one post per se how many free trial subscriptions end up costing you hundreds if not thousands of dollars long after forgetting to cancel fight back against scammy subscriptions with truebill truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need want or simply forgot about on average people save up to 720 dollars a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Alyssa and I have had Truebill now for about six weeks, eight weeks, and we love it. We linked our accounts. 
You can get rid of all the subscriptions that are just costing you just so much money a month. So we're able to save money, get our overhead down so that the extra money we can save, invest, or spend on something we want. So it's incredibly simple and keeps you organized, which is great. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. Like Matthew B, who says, in a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, saved $120 for the year on my SiriusXM bill, and saved $840 a year on car insurance. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash Freddie and Alyssa. Go right now. Truebill.com slash Freddie and Alyssa. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash Freddie and Alyssa. I, I think maybe it's just someone deciding, going, you know what? I'm not going to show lifestyle. I'm going to go all in on the real estate thing because I'll always have something to post. Right. But I think because we've grown up in this world of, of doing lifestyle mixed in with our work is why I always feel like, okay, I get it, but... I like the mixture of everything. I, I like when people follow me on Instagram that they're following Freddie the person yep. and he just so happens to, you know, X, Y, and Z. Right. Like my content changes based on what's going on in my life. Mm -hmm. So people who follow me aren't following me for a specific thing other than me. Yeah. And that leaves me free so that as I move from one thing to the next, people are following that journey because they're choosing to follow my life rather than a specific niche. But that kind of goes against what every guru talks about. They're like, you need a niche, but we've gone against the grain and never had a niche. I know. So it, I think there's pros and cons to both. Yeah. We can continue to move into the next thing and people are used to it because we just pop around. Yeah. But then there's something about a niche that also people know exactly what they're going to get. When I follow Gary Vee, I know what every video, every tweet, every email I know exactly what it's going to be about. I know what he's going to make me feel. I know what his thing is. Yeah. But then there's people that you follow lifestyle, like even like the Paul brothers who I'm obsessed with now. <laughs> um, but they've done it right. They're, they're the yeah. biggest content creators in the world. And then they've parlayed that into multiple companies, now boxing. So they started, they were YouTubers at first. Yeah. And they started in 2015. That's what's bizarre. The Paul really? brothers were unknown in 2014. They did all of this in from zero to this in just eight years. So they came, I, they were from Ohio, Ohio, I think. Ohio, yep. And they moved out to LA in 2015, I'm assuming, and they just started making, what was it, like skits and stuff? I think they started on Vine and then started oh. YouTube. And then I think they were one of the first people to put together a content house where everyone shared the hmm. followers because there were 10 of them living in a house. So everyone who was a YouTuber was all they were all making videos but they were all in each other's videos so they yeah. had all that reach and i remember back in that day and obviously still today it rings true because hype house is coming to netflix but they are showing like a peek into a lifestyle of a group of people like the fact that a paul brother could be dating another content creator and everyone's like oh my god they're dating let's see what we can see on this video yeah. what about on that video like even david dobrik he was dating eliza is that her name she's a really really big content creator but they dated they were like the first couple to go on youtube and do a breakup video this is years ago huh. um she's wildly wildly successful i don't know why i can't remember her full name but 
they did their first breakup video and they were sitting there because so many people were so invested. They were together for years creating content, doing the cross promotion of audiences and everyone wanting to know what's going on that they sat there. And I remember reading an article about this. This is a long time. And I go, how weird people are sharing their personal lives on YouTube. And now cut to today. It's, you know, that I mean, that's really intense, but it's what everyone's doing. It is in our echo chamber. Sure. This is what I'm also starting to realize that you only see creators. You, every now and then you'll see someone on YouTube pop up who's new or you'll see a new account on TikTok or something like that. But for the most part, it feels like everyone's in it hmm. because only the viral videos and people that are skilled mm -hmm. are being shown when you open all these apps. But there's maybe, maybe at most a million people who are professional content creators full-time maybe there's still 300 million people who are like i just go on there to enjoy or learn something i'm never putting out a piece of content like i don't care i'm living my life i'm doing it but when you're at the event like vid summit yes. in 2017 when we were there yes. and everyone's like look it feels like you've missed the boat because everybody here is doing it right. but no one even knows that it's a business yet and it still isn't ringing true. But then what also made me feel not good for him, but just gave me some perspective, Dobrik made a little bit of a splash in the mainstream, but not really. No. There hasn't really been a YouTuber other than the Paul brothers who got into boxing. And now Logan Paul just launched a new drink. I'm curious what that will do. It's like his arch nemesis, right? Where they boxed oh and they my became God. friends. It's so a great smart. story. Who knows how long they've been planning that. But... You know, even Mr. Beast has had many stories. He has 100 million subscribers. He, he makes like $50 million a year on YouTube. He's the biggest YouTuber in the world. Yeah. But Netflix, like no one will give him a mainstream, air quote, shot. But he's bigger than, ev he's bigger than anything that's on TV ever. So why do you think that is? I don't know. Why won't Netflix take a chance on someone who has a million? I don't think it's million? not taking a chance. I think it, it could potentially be just direct competition. But then I'm like, no, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Or maybe they feel it's not sellable on their platform, mainstream, which we know it would be. But I'm curious what that is. Like, why hasn't David Dobrik gotten all of his buddies and created something and launched or movies even you've never seen any of these content creators who a majority of them if you're making this content they're incredible actors they know exactly what they're doing yeah, why? no one's made a movie yeah why is that well that's and that's what I'm like waiting for someone to do because even with our movie Unplugged I was like if I had a million bucks I would just shoot it and put it on YouTube and do and do influencer marketing spend all the marketing budget to get every single person to say swipe up to a YouTube video. If that movie got 12 million views because it's free, right. or 25 million views, that's 25 million people who are seeing us in a movie that we wrote that's on our channel. The million dollar investment, if you made no money on YouTube from it by selling tickets, you couldn't pay for that kind of attention. Like even if you put a Super Bowl commercial on, spent $5 million for 30 seconds, right. and it was like, hi, we're Freddie and Alyssa. People are like, okay. Mm -hmm. Or here's our podcast, or here's our product. It's like it obviously works, but yeah, why, ha why hasn't anybody just done that? 
Unless they don't want to. Maybe they're so in their lane and they go, this is what we like. We don't have to show up when we don't want to. But or maybe it's a different, maybe we just feel that way because we're more traditional Hollywood first mm-hmm. and then got into content creation, which is in the eyes of 2022 might seem backwards, right? but will seem forward in a few more years. But I think a lot of people who've been content creators, YouTubers, want to be in traditional Hollywood. Right. And we went the opposite way. But then I'm looking at these people who are making all this money still wanting traditional Hollywood because they see the value in the masses. Like my mom doesn't know who Mr. Beast is. But she knows who Mario Lopez is. Yeah. She knows who Ryan Seacrest is. She knows who Kim Kardashian is. Even though Mr. Beast is the most followed person in the world when it comes to YouTube. But in the world, so how many of his subscribers are from America? I think a lot, but he's also transcribing all of his videos into all the different languages and starting sure. all new YouTube channels that are in different languages. Which is brilliant, but I'm, I'm trying to look at it from you know Netflix's point of view of doing something Netflix America, of course, that market, of what if he just doesn't have enough followers i mean i would assume he has a ton it's proven yeah he gets 30 to 50 million views every video if he put on but i'm saying the demographic of united states he's doing it worldwide so i'm just trying to make some sort of argument of why would netflix not give him what he wants unless they're like look your views are 80 percent from you know global outside the united states we don't feel like that's enough yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's it's interesting to see that they have access to all of that and, and what people are parlaying that into. Yeah. You know, and, but yeah, that's that's the interesting part. Because I would definitely love to sell a movie to Netflix. That makes the most sense. Of course. Um, but then it's just taken care of. And then right. you focus on, hey, I'm the writer, director, actor in this. And then you get to go and do interviews and go, I'm a writer, director, actor. And this is the scene <laughs> I was doing. I want to do something different so that the questions and the excitement of, yeah, 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 I wrote, directed, and acted in it, but did you notice that we were the first ones to do this and look what it did and this is how we did it? Right. Like, I love the business back end of it, Yeah. but I would not say no because of the exposure. No, no, no. I'm going to put it on YouTube, but thank you, Netflix. But thank you. <laughs> so, I want to be innovative, an innovative yeah. pioneer of the industry. <laughs> But yeah, as everything continues, we're going to have to get Oculus soon. I'm starting to see yes. people are meeting in the metaverse already. It's very um, basic, right? but it's it's still really cool. I saw Ryan was in the metaverse with his dad. Really? Yeah, and I just think it's going to be super really? interesting. And I bet you it'll feel more real. So Ryan was in Australia. His dad's in the States, but yeah, they were together. I, they were just like in the metaverse together as cartoon characters. Cool. But they're but you, you I you can feel the person differently that because they're actually there. That is just really interesting. Yeah. Really, really you know what I saw the other day too in Tampa is that they've got this new um, smart car that obviously oops, here we are. Oops. Yeah, it's a self-driving shuttle service coming to Tampa Heights. So the Florida Department of Transportation has partnered on the Heart Vehicle Pilot Program, offering shuttle services to Tampa residents, workers, and visitors. The self-driving shuttle offers free service from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. daily. 
So it's a smart car. And it's funny because on that post I saw they were like, oh, yeah, would you guys, you know, want to take a ride in this? And half the people were like, oh, my God, I'd be so terrified. And the other half were like, yeah, I'm down for all the smart technology to come. And I'm just excited for the technology. I know it's going to take a long time for it to, you know, be normalized, I guess. I think they're going to start in cities like that, though, because mm-hmm. I, I think it's much easier and safer and quicker at the moment to program certain vehicles on a rigid grid. Sure. So I think it's much quicker that they can have a shuttle do the streets it's programmed to know, plus all the intelligence on it, yeah. than you to hop in a car and say, you know what, take me to Arizona, please, and take the back streets. <laughs> That's probably a little further away, right. but hopping on a shuttle that already knows a two by two mile grid. That's true. Is going to be more, and, and it'll be nicer too. You know, it sucks for people who are drivers that are going to be displaced, but for us to be able to hop in a driverless Uber for $2 to go to the airport is much better than spending 60 and not knowing what it's going to smell like. Is the person going to talk to you if you're not in the mood? Like all of that. And I envision too, after each ride, it's sanitized instantly. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just get in. There was, I don't know where this was, but I saw this public toilet that you use. And then after you use an exit, it spins and a new toilet comes out. And, it, and the other toilet goes into a sanitation place that's completely sanitized. And then it's, it twirls again so that every person who comes in has a completely sanitized, clean toilet. That's what the I'm talking about. The robots clean it and it does all of that. So that's, I'm more excited because I feel for us to wrap this whole idea up with the New <laughs> Year's resolution too. The biggest lesson I learned in the past couple years is just all we can, all we can focus on is what we can control and you can't look too far ahead. You have to focus on how to be productive in the day. Yep. And the thing I'm really excited about, because I feel for us is like, as long as we're putting in the work, we're going to continue to get where we're going. But the thing I'm most excited about for 2022, rather than my own goals and things that I'm happening, is just watching the innovation. I'm hooked on it. I'm addicted to it. I find it so fascinating that somebody has an idea eight years ago and has been working on it. And now there's a vehicle with no driver driving it around. Like I'm more excited for america and the world though sometimes the news makes it feel like everything's doom and gloom Mm -hmm. it's actually not there's so much innovation there's so much positivity happening in the world and what we do as humans is incredible Mm -hmm. the systems that we have built that allows us to drive on the streets and innovate and raise money and invest and make businesses and make products that make people's lives better and more convenient and that's what i'm looking for is like how can things continue to get more convenient because that's what I'm interested in. How do I get a package overnight? Like, I love that. How do I hop into a car that is only $2 to take me to the airport? You know, all the medicine, the Neuralink, the new cell phones, the new NFT world, metaverse, all of these really Mm -hmm. unique things of bringing people together. And if Oculus is continuing to grow and the metaverse is continuing to grow, like it's gonna be really neat to be able to put on our goggles and get together with family. Heck yeah. And be able to do things. And Bill Gates already said within three years, all meetings are going to be taking place in the metaverse, mm-hmm. which I just love. I've been I've been that way before the pandemic. Yeah, I said that back in the day with acting. I was like, why am I going into the room? Somebody send in a tape. 
Why are we going? Why are we spending six hours when you're going to know the moment I say, hi, and do you the first tell. word in the scene? They're like, yeah. this ain't the guy. Or wait a minute. Oh, oh he's good. Yeah. They know. Especially on camera. If you're zooming in, you're going to be on camera anyway. It's not a theater. Yeah. It's Call not a person. Call me in for the chemistry read. Totally. Because you need to see the person before you book them. But it's the same thing with a lot of these meetings. If we're going to interview people to hire someone, yeah, we could go to some place and have 27 people come in and you sit there and meet them. Or you could just do it on Zoom or in the metaverse and make it just so much easier on everyone. Mm-hmm. And... I'm done fighting it. I just don't care. Just lean into it. Just lean into it. Anytime, like there's a meeting that I have next week and they're like, you can come in person or on Zoom. And I felt, at first I was like, "Ah, I feel like it's going to seem lazy if I do Zoom. I get an email yesterday and they're encouraging the Zoom. They (laughs) actually want me to contact them if I feel the need to come in person. Wow. And at first I go, my initial thought was, I need to be there in person. I'll make a better impression. But then I get an email and they're just like, hey, you can, you know, if, if you're if you're not going to do the Zoom and come in person, let us know. So they're encouraging the Zoom. Yeah. Now, maybe because that's numbers up, maybe because people after two years go, oh, this is a 15-minute conversation. I only have to get dressed from the waist up. I don't need to. It's just easier. It's more convenient. On everyone's end. And speaking of convenience, it's crazy because yesterday – I really needed this product from, I think it was like Walgreens and it's a $9 product. And I was thinking in my head, I go, I could order it from Walgreens. I go, but they take a long time to ship. And then I go, well, you know what? Let me just go tomorrow. I'll check it out. And then I go, you know what? Let me just see if it's on Amazon. And I looked on Amazon. It was $9 on there. In the store, it's $13. And Amazon says, you can get it by tomorrow at 10 a.m. for all together 11 bucks. And I go, I'm going to choose that one because yeah. I don't have to go and waste my energy, my time, and spend a dollar more because it would have been more in store. Yeah. So Split Amazon. The time yeah. You can't get back. Yeah. Amazon's changing the world. It's all quite crazy. And, you know, it'll be interesting to watch unfold. It really. Yeah. So that, that's what we're here for. We're, we appreciate you all so much. We're, we're back for the new year. We're very excited. We really want to focus a lot on business and mindset this year. We want to focus on the growing of social media, the metaverse, and just the innovation and really focus on the positives that is happening in the world right now. Yep. I think the mainstream has, has the negative um, portion covered, and we want to focus on the good because yep. there is good and bad. But if you're going to spend an hour with us, we want to focus on the good. Mm -hmm. We want to let people feel hopeful and really take a look at themselves, how we do on a daily basis to go, how do I get better? How do I push out anything negative and focus on what can I control today and go after it? So uh, we appreciate you. Have a wonderful year. Whether you're making a resolution or not, aim to be a little better every day and you're going to be just so much happier as the weeks and months and years go on. So we appreciate your ongoing support. Happy New Year. Happy 2022. Let's make this a great year. And we will talk to you all next week. Bye.